Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Recorded live.
where sound doctrine is brought to the ears of thousands of God's people all over the world. We just want to thank him today. God has been good to us. This is the day the Lord has made. We are to rejoice and be glad in it. Jesus Christ. Once again, this is the day that our Lord has made. We are rejoicing and we are very glad in it. We thank God for another day, another opportunity to worship the true and living God in spirit and in truth. For those of you that have been worshiping with us, you know that we are working very seriously on our most recent topic entitled, That Was My Case. Mm -hmm. This is my case. We thank God that whatever your case is right now, it does not have to remain that way. God can change your case. God can change your story. God can change the reports that are uh, people are making in regards to you. Our God has that kind of power. We looked at capital A in our outline, Manasseh and Ephraim, two sons of the great patriarch Joseph, 
who were not only his sons, but they were indicative of Joseph's experience in Egypt. Manasseh from the Hebrew meaning to forget, Ephraim from the Hebrew meaning fruitfulness. Joseph spoke about how God had first made him forget all of his troubles and his father's household, and then Ephraim, his secondborn, God made him fruitful in the land of his suffering. I want to encourage you under the sound of my voice, you need your Manasseh before you need your Ephraim. Look at Genesis chapter 41, verse 51, Philippians chapter 3, verse 13. Capital B in our outline, be careful with reports. Be careful with reports. We're going to be looking at the book of Acts chapter 9 with a very special focus on verse 13. Acts chapter 9 with a special focus on verse 13. Praise the living God. From the New International Version, our scripture reads, Lord, Ananias answered, I have heard many reports about this man and all the harm he has done to your saints in Jerusalem. Acts chapter 9, verse 13. Again, Lord, Ananias answered, I have heard many reports about this man and all the harm he has done to your saints in Jerusalem. Capital B, what? Be careful with reports. Let us pray. Father, in Jesus' name we pray. We bless your name today, Father. We magnify you. We exalt you. We appreciate you. We extol you. We laud your most holy name. It was you, Father, that woke us up one more time. It was you, Father, that gave us the activities of our limbs one more time. It was you, Father, that have put food on our tables, shoes on our feet, clothes on our back. Father, we appreciate you so much today. We thank you for who you are what you have done in our midst. We give you all glory. We give you all the honor. We give you all the praise. We pray, Father, that as we study today to show ourselves approved unto you, work men and women who do not need to be ashamed, but who rightly divide your word of truth. We ask you, Father, to give us rhema words that will help strengthen us and encourage us, bring us into our God-ordained destiny, that your name, which is above all other names, will gain all glory, all honor, and all the praise. This is our prayer. In Jesus' name we pray. Let God's people say amen. 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 Be careful with reports. In the book of Acts, chapter 9, we see the conversion of Saul, 
who would later be known as the Apostle Paul. One of the greatest apostles that has ever lived. He had a not so bright past. Paul's own admission. He was a violent man. He was a persecutor of the church. But he was shown mercy because he acted in ignorance and unbelief. You say, Apostle, what does that mean to me? Uh, well, what we have to keep in mind, children of God, is that ignorance and unbelief are states of mind, states of being that God expects each one of us to overcome by the mighty power of Jesus Christ. Ignorance, you don't know. When you are ignorant, that means you don't know. We are all ignorant to some things. Well, God has given us the ability, the capacity to be able to gain wisdom. You say, Apostle, what does that mean to me? That wisdom is the antidote for ignorance. Wisdom is the antidote. The more wisdom you gain, the less ignorance you will operate in. And unbelief, well, sometimes we don't believe certain things about God, about his word, about what he has said, about what he has done, about what he's going to do. Well, faith is the antidote for unbelief. Say, Apostle, what you're trying to say now, that there are antidotes, whatever the state is that you find yourself in that you are not pleased with. There's an antidote, just like eating right and exercise is an antidote for being out of shape. There's an antidote. Studying harder is an antidote for making bad grades in school. There's an antidote. I was with one of the carpenters, our, our main carpenter actually yesterday, as we were getting some work done on one of the ministry houses. And we were just talking as we were finishing up the work. We've been doing quite a bit of painting, quite a bit of remodeling, renovating. We've been working very, very hard. And I was sharing with him how tired I was physically. And he was sharing some of the same thing. And I told him, I said, look, Doc, I said that hard work. I said, you know, sometimes people talk about how they are bored. And, you know, they, they just bored. I, I'm bored. I'm bored. I said, look, hard work is an antidote for boredom. Hard work. If you ever find yourself bored, all that means is that you lazy. Get, get to doing some hard work and see don't that boredom go right out the window. And the thing to keep in mind about ministry and the work of God is that you should never be bored in your Christianity. If you are bored in your Christianity, all that is is you are lazy. Just Jesus said that the harvest is ripe. In other words, there's plenty of work to be done in the church. There's plenty of work to be done in the body of Christ. But Jesus said the laborers are few. Jesus said the problem is a whole lot of folk don't either don't work or don't want to work. But hard work is an antidote for what? 
boredom. Hard work will knock boredom right on, right on out of the park. Study will, la- will knock ignorance right on out of the park. Wisdom will knock foolishness right on out of the park. So God gives you and I choices in this thing called life. We can either choose the infirmity or we can choose the healing. The infirmity is the sickness or the, or the, the, the state that is not pleasing, but the, the, the uh, healing. You know, you need the antidote to get the healing. When you're sick, you need the antidote to get the healing. So when we find ourselves in a state that God is not pleased with, we need the antidote in order to come out of that state. All right. Now, we're getting ready to see here that Jesus Christ and the word of God is the antidote for all of our infirmities, all of our sicknesses, all of the word of God is the answer. Listen to me, children of God out there. Some people, "Ah, I wonder what, you know, what is the problem with the United States? What was going on with the United States? We got Massive shootings taking place all over everywhere. We got the economy that is, you know, $19, $20 trillion in debt. Oh, we got all kind of problems. Our young people are doing this. Listen, the only problem in the the United States ultimately is that there's a bunch of folk that don't want to hear God's word. That's, that's, That's the bottom line. Because all God said, look, all of these little symptoms, We'll clear right up with a strong enough dose of my word. Now, God said, give him the parable, Robert. Okay. You know, I, uh, I mentioned to you all earlier that we've been doing some work on one of the ministry houses. This same ministry house some time ago, maybe a year or so ago, we were preparing it um, to rent out for a particular lady. And we were clearing some bush, some debris. And somehow some poison ivory, ivy touched my arm and I developed a small rash on my arm. Some people said, get this particular cream. I'd get that cream, put it on it. Rash wouldn't go anywhere. I, then some people say, get this other cream. I go get the other cream, put it on it. Seven days or whatever, the rash wouldn't go anywhere. Then somebody say, mix the two creams together. I mixed, oh, oh man, I'm trying all kind of stuff. But the rash would not go away. In fact, when I left for Ghana, for the missionary tour in Ghana back in March, the rash had spread and it was big on my arm. You know, none of the creams that I was getting here were working. You say, Apostle, what you talking about now i'm going somewhere you'll see how you'll see the parable in a minute when i got down to ghana i went to a pharmacist now pharmacists almost act in in different parts of africa almost act like lightweight doctors i went in the pharmacist showed him the rash on my arm he said uh you know get some of this cream right here i paid kind of expensive cream but i paid the cream put it on for the appointed time rash cleared right up Clear right up and right today, you can, you look at my arm, you can hardly even tell. The rash had gotten big. It had gone from about the size of a nickel to about the size almost of a of a half of a dollar bill. The rash had, had spread. I went down there 
got to Ghana, purchased the cream, put the cream on my arm, cleared things up in about seven days. You say, Abbas, what, what has that got to do with the message? Well, we've been trying all kind of creams in the United States to clear up the problems with our young people. We've been trying all kind of creams in the United States to try to clear up our economy. We've been trying all kind of creams in the United States to clear up uh, gun violence and, 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 and uh, all kind of creams. And, and, and it's like many of us don't have sense enough to realize that nonsense has not worked. God said, I got a cream. <laughs> Thank you. Just like the, 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 the pharmacist told me in Ghana, he said, you know, don't worry about that. Uh, Pastor, I got a cream that will clear that up. God is saying to this generation, God is saying to this dispensation, God is saying to this great country of America, I got a cream that will clear this nonsense up. And the cream that God says he has is called the word of God. Pharmacist, he wasn't even tripping off this rash. I was tripping off it because I had tried all kind of stuff and it wasn't working. Pharmacist was like, you just haven't tried the right stuff. I'm here to let this great country know we just haven't tried the right stuff. And black folk, we have been trying a whole lot of all the wrong stuff. God's cream is the what? One of the saints said, one of the young saints said, the word of God. Word of God will clear up them problems in you, in me. The word of God will clear up them problems in your marriage, in your relationship. The word of God will clear up them problems in your family, in your church. The word of God will clean up those problems in your business, in your community. The word of God. Now, how stupid would I have been to not want to use the right cream? Or after I use, because as soon as I use the cream in about two or three days, I started seeing a noticeable difference. Now, how stupid would I have been to use the cream for two or three days, see it's working, see it's clearing up things, and then decide I'm not going to use the cream anymore? How stupid would I have been? You say, Apostle, what you're driving at? Not only was the cream necessary, but I had to use the cream in the right amount and for the right length of time. So it is with God's word. You got to use God's word. You got to get a steady, you got to get enough dose of God's word. Now, I'm not, some of you all out there, I'm not doubting you're getting God's word, but some of you are not getting God's word enough. You think one little hour sermon on Sunday is going to be enough? The devil is attacking you and I 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 30 days a month, 365 days. And you think one little hour Bible study sermon on Wednesday night and one little, uh, one little hour sermon on Sunday is going to be enough enough? No. That cream, one of the directions where that cream was, I had to put enough of it on. You got to get enough of God's word. Bible talks about blessed is the man who meditates on God's word or God's law both day and night. We're not getting enough of God's word. Some people, ah, apostle, you preach and teach too much. Nonsense. No, I don't preach and teach enough, truth of the matter. Apostle, how are you going to have church every day? Well, that's what the early apostles did. And I haven't seen anywhere in scripture where God came in and said, change that. See, that's how we get in trouble with God, trying to change up what God has shown us or what God wants us to do. That's where we get in trouble. And change up some stuff. God don't change it. You leave it alone, my brother and my sister. God's cream or God's word works. And it will clear up all of man's problems. 
Every problem that man has, it came about because man didn't want to use God's cream in the first place. Way back in the Garden of Eden, God's cream was, you are free to eat from any tree in the garden, but the tree of the knowledge of good and evil do not eat from it, for on the day that you eat of it, you will surely die. Man tried some other cream. Man said, I'm going to try some other cream. That cream didn't work and brought all these problems into humanity. God saying, get back to my cream. If using other cream has messed you up, God said, get back to my cream. It will clear you up. We see the book of Acts chapter 9. The conversion of who? Saul, later known as the apostle who? Paul. Paul, just about every opportunity he gets, he shares this testimony. You know, just about every chance I get to minister before God's people in different countries, I try to share my testimony. Saul's testimony was miraculous. It was amazing. It was of such a magnitude in his life that he basically left everything and everybody in order to get to know Jesus better. And part of his experience with God or with Christ, because, you know, and God is flashing this in my spirit now, not only do we have to deal with God and Christ in our walk with God, we also have to deal with our brothers and our sisters. We also have to deal with unsaved folk. So you got three groups that you got to deal with in creation. You got to deal with God. You got to deal with Christ. You got to deal with the brothers and the sisters in the faith. And then you got to deal with unsaved individuals. We see here that Saul's relationship, once he was converted by God and by Christ, was just fine. You know? Bright light shined around him. He fell to the ground. The Lord talked to him, told him what to do, told him where to go. All well and good. But now it's time for him to have to deal with his brothers and his sisters in the faith. Now, after all this craziness that he had been doing, persecuting the saints, violent man, blasphemer, chasing the saints around, standing there holding people's jackets while they were killing saints, he given approval. After all this off-the-hook stuff that he did to God's people, now not only is he one, but now he has to deal with God's people. Now, Christ has forgotten that stuff in the sense of holding it against him. Christ has forgiven him. The Lord has forgiven him. God has forgiven him all well and good. But the saints. <laughs> You say, Apostle, what you're driving at? See, we're talking about be careful with what? Reports. Well, God knew the reports on this man. God knew everything that he had done. Now God knew that there was a different report about him. Well, Ananias, who was a devout believer, who was a, 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 a mighty man of God, he didn't know the new reports about the man. See, that's where sometimes we run into problems, even as children of God. We remember how such and such used to be. We remember how such and such used to talk. Well, 
Bible tells me that if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things are passed away, and behold, all things become new. This is why you and I need to stay close to God, because you can mess around and mess yourself up not being close to God when God has a new report on something. And sometimes if we are not very careful, we can be holding strong and holding stiff to the old report. And God's saying, that's the old report. I brought in a new report. Ananias almost missed out on one great blessing in his life by holding on to a old what? Report. You and I will miss out on blessings holding on to old reports, old reports about people. God has changed people. We still holding on to what they used to do. Places. God is saying a new thing about a place. We still holding on to what God, what it used to be about that place. Things. God is doing a new thing. We still holding on to the old thing. You better stay close to God. Ananias, fortunately, was close enough to God that when the new report came out, you all know about new reports. Are those you work on jobs sometimes? You know, there'll be memos. Sometimes they'll, they, they will, you know, you'll merge with another company and now there's a new report or, you know, the report from last year, you were in the, you, you, your company lost money, but the new report is this year you have made a profit of 2.5. See, new reports. New reports. You got to be careful with the report. Is that the old report? On my husband, the old report on my wife, or is that the new report? Is that the old report on my pastor, or is that the new report? Is that the old report on my brother or my sister, or is that the new report? In Damascus, there was a disciple named Ananias. The Lord called to him in a vision. Understand out there under the sound of my voice, if you are a disciple, God is calling to you question is, are you going to answer? People call me all the time on the telephone. I don't always answer. God said, Robert, I'm calling to my people. Every one of you under the sound of my voice, that's a child of God. Every one of you that's not even saved out there under the sound of my voice, God is calling to you. The question is, are you going to answer? Bible says that many are called. You are chosen. A lot of times what has to do with you being chosen is whether or not you'll answer the call. God is telling every one of you out there under the sound of my voice right now, if you're not saved, get saved. Now, God done spoke his word through his apostle. Question is, are you going to are you going to accept it? Are you going to do it? Now, you mess around and end up in hell or you mess around and don't receive salvation. Won't be won't be the apostle's fault. Won't be God's fault. You didn't answer the call. You mess around publish his clearinghouse. They select your name to win the jackpot giveaway. They call you on the phone to tell you that you won the jackpot giveaway, but you must answer the phone in 60 seconds. You look at the phone. I don't know that number. I ain't answering that call. So you don't answer the call. They stop. You don't get the jackpot giveaway. It's not, it's not Publishers Clearinghouse fault that you didn't get the jackpot. You didn't answer the call. Let us answer God's what? Call. The Bible says in Damascus there was a disciple named Ananias, the Lord called to him in a vision. Ananias, look at Ananias' reply. Yes, Lord, he answered. I want to encourage you under the sound of my voice, the more you answer God's call, the more blessings you will receive. 
The more you answer God's call, the more pleased God will be with you. The more you answer God's call, the more new reports on people, places, and things he will give to you. But you got to answer. You got to answer. You got to answer. The Lord told him, go to the house of Judas on Straight Street and ask for a man from Tarsus named Saul. For he is praying in a vision. He has seen a man named Ananias come and place his hands on him to restore his sight. Now, watch this now, because this is before the days of Facebook. This is before the days of WhatsApp. This is before the days of Snapchat. This is before the days of Yahoo Messenger. This is before the days of social media. And God is introducing people in the spiritual realm. You say, Apostle, what are you trying to get us to understand? God don't need Facebook to connect you with folk. God doesn't need Instagram to connect you with folk. Here was Saul in one place. Here was Ananias in another place. And before there was social media, before there was Internet, before there was the World Wide Web, God showed Saul a man named Ananias in the spiritual. You're talking about the greatest Internet is really what God is doing through the spirit. Oh, I thank God for the World Wide Web. Many of you all that are, are listening to this broadcast, many of you all that are being blessed by this broadcast, many of you all that are being a blessing to this broadcast, it is because of the the internet. But I want to let you to know that there is a greater internet. There's a greater worldwide web. And that's called the spirit of the living God. God connected Ananias and 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 and, and um and Saul in the spirit long before they have ever seen each other. Because remember Saul could not even see at this point. He couldn't even see. And just because you can't see in the physical, that doesn't mean that God can't show you things in the spirit. God showed Saul in the spirit, a man called Ananias, come and pray for him and place his hands on him that he would recover his sight. So here is God speaking to Saul and showing him things about Ananias in the spirit. And now here is God speaking to Ananias. And showing him things about Saul in the spirit. No internet. No Wi-Fi. No ethernet connection, Deacon Richard. <laughs> That's between he and I. He told me I needed to get an ethernet cord so that we're going to, because Saints, we're going to be downloading some, some videos, some DVDs for you all from my recent uh, trip to, to, um, to Ghana and to um, Nigeria. But none of these, none of these equipment, God was connecting his people in the spirit. Understand something, children of God, that's where our, that's what really where our connection is. It's not whether, so much whether or not we are physically together. That's not, that's not it. Because you can have people right there physically with you and still not be with you in spirit. But Paul, the apostle Paul would talk often to churches that he was, he would serve that, look, even though I am not physically present with you, I'm with you in spirit. Paul understood that I don't have to be right there to be right there. Now, you got to hear that with spiritual ears. I don't have to be right there with you physically to be with you in the spirit. Because part of Paul's con conversion was that 
you know, he was not with Ananias physically when God showed him Ananias spiritually. You say, Apostle, what are you encouraging us to do? Let us stop trying to know each other by the flesh and know each other by the spirit. Because that's really where it's at. That's where the truth is really at. That's, that's, where, that's where it's really, really at. God is spirit, and the Bible tells us that they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. Some of you all out there under the sound of my voice, you're not physically present with us here at the Christian Center, but you are here in spirit. And you are, you are a blessing in the spirit. Some of you all under the sound of my voice that are blessings to this ministry. I've never seen you face to face, but we are, we are one in the spirit. Some of you all under the sound of my voice that we may never see each other face to face in this life, but you are with us in spirit, and we thank God for your life. And we pray God's continued blessings on everything that he sets your hands to do. Lord Ananias answered. Now, now here's where we get in trouble with God. Now, I shared this some time ago with you all. You know, there, there are basically three ways that we can respond to God. Three ways. We can answer. We can agree. And we can act. Answer, what? Agree, or we can act. Now, God gave me this years ago in regards to the miraculous catch of fish. I think it's around Luke somewhere. Let me let me just, I don't want to spend a lot of time on that. Um, it's been a long time since I think I've shared that with you all. Um, in Luke, the fifth chapter, you know, I don't want to spend a lot of time here, but basically... You know, the disciples have been working hard all night. Jesus had been preaching and teaching to the disciples. And, you know, then, you know, uh, Peter and some of the other disciples have been working hard all night. They hadn't caught anything. Then they come in, you know, tired, wore out, hadn't caught anything. Jesus told them to look, go on out. We're going back out in the deep water. Let down the net for a catch. Luke chapter 5, verse 4. The Bible says Simon answered. Simon answered. Master? We worked hard all night, haven't caught anything, but because you say so, I will let down the nets. Now, that's the agreement. Because you say so, I, I will. I will. Well, what you need to understand is that as long as you answering God, you're not going to get any fish. In other words, as long as you keep answering God, you're not going to get any blessings. God tell you to do something, you, you got something to say. You got something to say. God, look, God tell you to do something. All he wants to see you do is what? Do it. God told him, let go out, put out in deep water, let down the nets for a catch. Simon answered, Master, we worked hard. He's going to give God a detailed explanation of what he has been through. God don't need a detailed explanation of what you've been through or what I've been through. God said, I already know what you've been through. God said, I'm either the one that has taken you through or I'm either the one that has allowed you to go through it. I don't need you. God said, Robert, I don't need you to explain to me what you're going through. You think I don't know? God said, I don't need you to explain to me, Robert, what you need. God said, Robert, you think I don't know what you need? Some of us want to give God a detailed explanation. Oh, what I'm going through. Oh, what's happening in my marriage. Oh, Lord, this is what's going on on the job. God said, you think I don't know? God said, that's why I'm telling you to do things differently, because I know what you've been through. 
I know what you've been going through. I know how you've been doing things. Some of us won't explain to God why we're doing like we're doing. God said, I know exactly why you're doing what you're doing. What are you explaining to me for? What is some of y'all like that? What are you explaining to God for? Like God don't know. God know everything. He don't need our explanations about nothing. What we need is his explanation about everything. Write that down. Good God in here. God don't need our explanation about nothing. We need his explanation about everything. Come on, saints. Let's get ready to close out. So, Peter's answering God. You notice you still don't have no fish, do you? All this talking you're doing. Then Peter agreed with God. Because you said so, I will let down the net. But you see, you still don't have any fish. You say, Apostle, what you got now? Just agreeing with God's word don't, don't bring the blessings of God. You got to do it. Just agreeing that exercise is a good thing. Just agreeing that you ought to worship every day. That is not enough. To get the blessings of God. But then the Bible says, when they had done so, verse 6. In other words, they acted on God's word. When they had done so, they caught such a large number of fish, their nets began to break. You say, Apostle, what you're saying to me? What I'm saying to you is shut up all that answering, shut up all that agreeing, and start doing what God say, and watch the blessings of God flow in your life, in your marriage, in your family. In your Just shut up and do it. Shut up. Shut up. Keep right on answering God. Keep right on explaining to God. Keep right on agreeing with God. Keep right on. Uh-uh. And you say, Apostle, is anything wrong with agreeing with God? No, nothing is wrong with agreeing with God. But you want to couple your agreement with God with acting on what God says. Just agreeing with God, just hollering amen, just hollering, that's right. That's right. That, that, you, will, you will still end up without your blessing. You've got to do what God has said. Come on, saints. Let's go. So here we go. We got Ananias has what? Ananias has answered. He answers the Lord. Talking about he has heard many reports about this man and the harm he has done to your saints in Jerusalem. Now, now here we go. Here we go. We got God saying one thing, and we got the reports of the masses, which were true. The key word is were true. What are we talking about? That was my case. This is my case. What Ananias was saying was true. What God is trying to do is to bring Ananias into a new reality. Some of you all under the sound of my voice, God says, I, I want to bring you all, Robert, into a new reality. Some of you all are operating on what was true, and God wants to bring us into what is true. This is why we got to have, we got to get, Father, give us this day our daily bread. Father, talk to us today, because there are some things that was true or that were true that are not true today. That was true. That was true in the old covenant. You had to bring God all kinds of sacrifices, the blood of bulls and goats and pigeons in order to get your relationship right with God. That was true. It's not is that things have changed. We're in a new covenant. That was the case. This is the case. Now you place your faith in Jesus Christ as God's 
only begotten son, the perfect sacrifice who lived, bled, and died as a substitute for, for our sin. He rose again from the dead. He ascended on the high, and he is, in fact, coming again. That was the case. Saul is, I mean, Ananias is talking about what was the case about Saul. Saul, Ananias said, he has come here with authority from the chief priest to arrest all who call on his name. But the Lord said to Ananias, go. This man is my chosen instrument. God said, look, all that was the case. That was, that was the case. That was the plan. That was what he was doing. But now God says, because I have given him a new heart, he's got a new, he's got a new plan. See, when God sees some of you out there, when you get, when you got to give you a new heart, you got to receive a new heart before you can get a new plan. As long as you operate in that old heart, all you thinking about is you, all you thinking about is money, all you thinking about is what, but well, when God gives you a new heart, see, now you start thinking about seeking first the kingdom of God and all his righteousness. You're thinking about how can I be a blessing to the kingdom? How can I help the kingdom go higher? Because, listen, children of God, the higher we lift the kingdom, the higher we go. Why, apostle? Because we are parts of a kingdom. We are parts of the kingdom. So as we push the kingdom up, we are pushing ourselves up. As we push the kingdom up, God sees that and he will elevate us. Whatever you trying to do to the kingdom, eventually God is going to do to you. Keep right on nickel and dime in the kingdom. Some of you don't even realize why you broke out there. You keep nickel and dime or why you going to be broke. Keep nickel and dime in the kingdom, trying to get a kingdom as little as you possibly can. Can. There's going to come a day when God's going to be giving you as little as he possibly can. He's going to be just looking at you. You're going to be wondering, how come, why, why is this, what's going on, what is it? You nickel and dime the kingdom. Try to give the kingdom. No, Lord, let us give God fat offerings. Let us give God the best we have. Let us give the kingdom of God the best we have. And God's going to look at that and say, look, I'm pleased with you, and I'm pleased with your offering. I'm going to give you the best I can. Lord said to Ananias, go. This man is my chosen instrument. You need to understand, child of God. God said, Robert, tell my people this, that you under the sound of my voice, you are a chosen child of God. You are a chosen instrument by God. Some of you all didn't know that. Now, just like every, just about every time I jump right on that keyboard, I'm going to play that instrument. That's the chosen instrument. That's the instrument basically I chose to play. I could have tried to play the drums. I could have tried to play the you know, different things. But I've chosen that instrument. Why? I like it for what, you know, I want to do. Well, the reason why God has chosen you to, because there are certain things that he wants you to do. There are certain things that God wants you to do. God said, look, this man is my chosen instrument. Ananias was a chosen instrument. He was chosen to go and pray for Saul that he received his sight. Well, he didn't want to do it at first. We thank God that he did, but he didn't want to do it. Well, what does that mean? That means when, when you don't want to do what God has chosen you to do, now you're going to have problems with God and God's going to have to get you. Some of you all understand my voice. You have been chosen by God to be a great blessing to the work of God. You don't even 
didn't realize. You that's why God, God why you think God is giving you that much money, that big time a job, that big time a position. You've been chosen by God. You were a chosen instrument. Some of you have been chosen by God to be preachers. Some of you have been chosen by God to be pastors. I've been chosen by God to go into the world and take this gospel. Be in all kind of country. That's what I've been chosen to do. Every one of us as a child of God has been chosen by God to do specific things. One of the ways you can tell that you have been chosen by God to do a thing is that God gives you a whole lot of a thing. That's one of the ways. If you're wondering, I wonder what God has chose me to do in the kingdom. What has God given you a lot of? What has God given you a lot of? Me, I know God has given me a lot of word from him. Oh, God, I, me and God be talking all in the night. Oh, my God, me and God be talking. I be all in the bathroom, God be talking. So that means that I got to do a lot of talking to God's people. God said, Robert, I'm not giving you all this word but just for you. If I couldn't get on and preach God's word every, every, every day in the morning and the evening, I don't know what, what I, I feel like I would bust. I understand the prophet that talked about how it's like fire shut up in my bone. When I had a lot of money, there was a time, children of God, I was, had hundreds of thousands of dollars. I had, to, I had to give up a whole lot of money. Hundreds of thousands of dollars. I had to give it up. Now I ain't got a whole lot of money. <laughs> I got a whole lot of wisdom. So I got to give it up. You say, Apostle, what you saying now? Whatever God gives you a lot of, whatever God gives you in abundance, will give you a lot. He means for you to, that, that right there is one of, the, one of the things he wants you to give to the kingdom. God give you a lot of talent. You just know how to fix a lot of stuff. You just, you out there, you know who you are in the sound of my voice. Don't make the Holy Ghost call your name because he can't. You just know how to fix a whole lot of stuff. Well, you, it's amazing. You find yourself in a church that got a whole lot of stuff that's broke, a whole lot of stuff that's not working right. What you, and you wondering what God wants you to do? Fix that stuff. God just give you a whole lot of songs. I mean, you don't you don't even be asking for them. God be giving you a whole lot of songs. You in the you out there in the choir. God be giving you a whole lot of songs, and you wondering what God wants you to do with all them songs. Sing them songs, <laughs> children of God. Come on now, let's wake up. This thing is simple now. God give you a lot of it. God mean for you to give a lot of it to the kingdom. Apostle Paul had a lot of insight, a lot of revelation, a lot of, lot of knowledge from God. What did he do? Got books in the Bible, that we, epistles in the Bible we still study from today and get blessed. Chosen instrument. You need to understand you are a chosen instrument. Now don't mess around out there and won't let God play you like he wants to play you. God wants to play you. First instrument for, let this keyboard stop coming on. Let this keyboard start playing crazy notes and crazy keys all on its own and just won't get right and just won't do right. I'm going to throw it in the trash pile. Well, you, you keep right on playing, playing. won't let God play you. Won't let God use you like he wants to use you. Won't let God, God give you a whole bunch of stuff to be a blessing to the kingdom. You won't hold back on the stuff. You got the spirit of Ananias. And I'm not talking about Ananias we're talking about here. That's Ananias and his wife that held back a portion of what was supposed to go to God. And they end up dropping dead, both of them. May that not be your portion in this, under the sound of my voice in the name of Jesus. 
This man is my chosen instrument. Why? To carry my name before the Gentiles. God said, somebody got to do it. Everything that God needs done in the kingdom, somebody got to do it. What? Everything that God needs done in the kingdom, somebody has to do it. Somebody, somebody needed to pray for Saul to receive his sight. Ananias, go do it. Somebody got to carry God's word before the Gentiles. Paul, go do it. Somebody got to take God's word into the villages, into the Africa, and into Europe, and into Asia, and into the Apostle Robert Bryant, go do it, along with others. Everything that God needs done in the kingdom, somebody got to do it. Everything in your house that needs to be done, somebody got to do it. You mess around and, 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 and they get a big hole in the floor. You got to bring a carpenter in. Mess around and your, and your pipes get busted, water going all everywhere. Plumber got to come in and do it. Mess around and your lights won't come on in your house. Now, electrician got to do it. Everything that got to be, mess around and get a cement. Uh, the cement is a big old hole in your driveway out there. And every time you hit it, it's tearing up the bottom of your car. Got to bring in a cement worker. Everything that needs to be done in the kingdom, in the kingdom, somebody's got to do it. God said, my name got to go for the Gentiles. Somebody got to talk to the Gentiles for me. This is, my cho this is who I have chosen to do that. No need to ask God why he chose you to do a thing. He chose you to do it because he felt like you would do it and do it well. And he expects you to do it and do it well. Somebody got to say, he's my chosen instrument. Go before Gentiles and their kings and before the people of Israel. God said, I got threefold ministry. I want to send him to the Gentiles. I want to send him to the Gentile kings, and I want to send him to Israel. And I will show, watch this, I will show him how much he will suffer for my name. Well, God said, somebody got to suffer for my name in his kingdom, too. <laughs> somebody got somebody, somebody to suffer. Somebody had to be hung on the cross. Jesus, do it. Somebody had to raise up from the dead. Jesus do it. Everything that God won't done and need done in the kingdom, somebody got to do it. Now, what you better find out out there is you better find out the part God wants you to play and get busy. Don't be talking about no, Lord, surely not, Lord, and all this kind of foolishness. Trying not to do what God has, has chosen you as an instrument to do it. No, once you find out what God has chosen you to do and what God wants you to do, do it wholeheartedly. That's the only way you're going to please God. That's the only way I'm going to please God. Be careful with reports now. Mess around with reports. You know, Ananias was trying to let reports stop him from doing what God had chosen him to do. Uh-oh, some of y'all. Reason why you won't give to the church. Because a lot of these preachers out here today is after money, 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 money. And you don't heard reports of what was going on in one church right crazy. And you, you know, so now you don't want to give. That will get you in trouble with God. God still commanded us to give. What you just got to do is you got to find you a place where all that craziness is not going on. Ananias almost let the reports stop him from doing what God had chosen him to do. God chose him to go pray, lay hands on Saul. He's going to let, he's talking about the reports. And he almost let the reports stop him from doing what God wanted him to do. Some of you all on the sound of my voice, you have been letting reports. Mm, God says it's true. Oh, God done opened up some things now. You done let reports stop you from doing what God wants you to do. You better let them reports go and get to doing what God wants you to do. Or you're going to be in trouble with God. Let Ananias have kept talking this craziness to God right here. 
and, and we'd have been reading some we'd have been reading something different in the scripture. God would have got Ananias if he kept right on talking that craziness. Let God keep telling you the same thing, keep telling you what he wants you to do, and you keep right on talking craziness. God said, I'm going to fix this. I'm going to get you. I'm going to get you. Careful with reports, children of God. Be careful with reports. Father, in the mighty name of Jesus Christ, again, we thank you, Father, for your anointed word today. I know that your people have been blessed in the four corners of the earth. We pray, Father, that blind eyes, just as Saul's blind eyes came open by the power of God, we thank you today, Father, because there are those that you said under the sound of my voice whose spiritually blind eyes have come open today in the name of Jesus. We give you glory, honor, and praise. We don't need anybody to call in and give a testimony because God has already shared with us that some eyes have come open today at the preaching and the teaching of God's word, at that, that, that God's uh, exhortation, God's encouragement, our oh, eyes have been opened today, and we give God the glory, we give God the honor, we give God all of the praise. Help us, Father, to be careful with reports that we might act and move in accordance with the proper report. As you do these things for us, all other blessings, Father, we ask in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and our Savior, our strength and our redeemer, let God's people say amen. Three questions here. All right. All right. What have we got? Three groups that we have to deal with as children of God. Very good question. Three groups that we must deal with as children of God. Number two, what does it mean to be God's chosen instrument? Explain. What does it mean to be God's chosen instrument? And then question three, what are the two types of reports? What are the two types of reports? you can reach us through email at thechristensternchurch at gmail.com. Check our website at www.ourchurch.com backslash member backslash t backslash tccc. Feel free to join us on TalkShoe's precast YouTube and iTunes at 9 even 6 p.m. daily. On TalkShoe, call 724-444-7444 and try D17959. On Spreecast, type in Robert Bryan on YouTube and the Christensternchurch Center Church channel. You can see excerpts of Apostle Robert Bryan on YouTube. Donations should be sent by using the donation button on the church website or our talk show homepage. God bless you and heaven smile you. In Jesus' name, amen. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.